This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Uh, Now, we did hear from the prime minister and uh, there were... You know, a few things, I guess, that he said uh, that seemed so boilerplate. I'm not even sure it's worthy of repetition here, but uh, we were really scouring through the entrails there, uh, trying to figure out if there's any kind of call to action here or anything that there's a commitment uh, that uh, maybe might move things forward. I didn't get that sense, but uh, for what it's worth, Justin Trudeau says the situation's become unacceptable and unsustainable. Every attempt at dialogue has been made, but discussions have not been productive. We can't have dialogue when only one party is coming to the table. For this reason, we have no choice but to stop making the same overtures. All right, a radio silence, I guess. I don't know where that gets us, but, uh, you know... (laughs) Is he playing hard to get now? I, you know, I liken this to a suitor who's uh, feeling jilted, but uh, wondering, why isn't he returning my calls? Uh, it's one of those scenarios because they're not that into you. Uh, and so the frustration is mounting because it's got some obviously tangible effects, impacts on the economy, which uh, we'll discuss in a moment. But this is Justin Trudeau again on the whole matter of the government doing all it can to resolve the standoff peacefully. I want to assure Canadians that we are engaging at all levels to resolve this quickly and mitigate the very real impacts of these blockades on people. All right. As I said, uh, we were searching desperately for something that might give us a sense of optimism that there's a pathway forward, but uh, doesn't look to be on the face of it to me anyway. And so uh, the frustration is mounting, not just people, you know, trying to travel along the corridor between, say, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, that thing. It's... The amount of freight that's also being diverted or just sitting there inert on the sidelines, $850 million a day, we were told uh, late last week. Port of Halifax not accepting a lot of containers from container ships because they can't assure the goods that they're going to be moved or the people with the goods that they're going to be moved anywhere on the rail network. And so this is all bollocked up uh, over the issue of a gas pipeline uh, running from northeastern B.C. to the coast. Jocelyn Bamford is a president and founder of the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers and Businesses of Canada, and uh, her people have obviously felt the impact. Let's get her in here to uh, express just how much frustration they might be feeling. Jocelyn, always a pleasure to have you on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. It's great to be with you, John, and it's a great day for let's get those railway uh, moving again. Well, how would you propose to do that? I mean, the prime minister didn't give us any indication that he has a solution. Yes, and that, that's the disappointing thing. To come on and say that the situation is unacceptable and can't continue is one thing. But you need to come up with a plan to tell us what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. Because otherwise, it's just a word salad of things that we want to hear. And we want to hear that the, the rails are going to be cleared and we're going to be able to either get our product to market or get our uh, supplies in so that we can continue to produce on our lines. Because without it, 
what happens is we have to shut down lines. And when we shut down lines, we have to lay off people. And when we lay off people, they can't pay their mortgage or buy groceries for their kids. So it's, it's a terrible situation. It's a very serious situation. And just paying it lip service is not going to get the situation fixed. Well, so what you're saying is your members have already felt economic impact and people losing money. Absolutely. We, we have seen, uh, especially we have uh, members that are in the food services industry, and if you don't get your product done in time, you get spoilage. And so when you get spoilage, you, you lose a lot of money, and you also, when, the, when you don't have enough uh, supply for your inventory, you also have to shut down lines. And, again, that means people are going to get laid off, and we've already seen that. Um, and, and it's a situation that really should have been addressed already, and we haven't seen anything tangible from the prime minister to today to see what is going to happen and when it's going to happen. You know, it's interesting. I mean, when uh, he never alludes to this, but yes, I guess it was three days ago when uh, your coalition came out with a, a press release there's a point here you say the coalition would note that if it's found that foreign-funded activists participate in blocking vital rail transportation, this would seem to be a foreign act of aggression against Canada. Do you have a sense for that? We do. We have heard from the front lines that there are uh, cars with New York license plates. We've heard that there were buses coming in across the Rainbow Bridge last weekend bringing activists to uh, protest. And uh, so this is very concerning. Uh, what's most concerning is when you, when you peel back the onion on this, uh, the majority, the vast majority of First Nations people that are affected by this pipeline are, in, are for it because they understand that this is a path for prosperity and jobs for their communities. So you have the minority of people and people that aren't even involved, such as foreign-funded environmental activists, that are shutting down our transportation network. And that is unacceptable, and it needs to be addressed. Go in there and um, take anybody that is, uh, does not have a Canadian uh, citizenship shouldn't be on those, the railway tracks. And we need to make sure um, that they're clear so we can get transportation and product to market. Yeah, uh, and so none of this is being brought up by or brought to the fore by the people that ostensibly represent us here. Uh, you know, you're making a, a pretty good argument that if they don't have Canadian citizenship and they're on the railroad tracks, then they ought to be removed. Now, some of these sites, uh, they're not immediately on the tracks. They're just, you know, off to the side, and uh, but it still constitutes a blockade. You also go in your press release to say if the prime minister is unwilling or unable to restore the rule of law, then he should resign uh, is it getting to a critical point where you think that, uh, and, and you know, I had somebody at lunch suggesting that they put pressure on local MPs. You know, the MPs maybe will get his attention because if he's ineffectual or he's not interested in the job much longer, do you think there might be another way of gaining some kind of uh, making an impression on the politicians within caucus? And, and that is exactly one of the things that we're doing at the coalition. We're writing letters to our MPs, and we've already uh, seen a lot of members out of sheer desperation uh, reaching out to say, this can't go on much longer. We can't afford this. Um, in and amongst all of the other uncompetitive uh, uh, policies that the government has heaped on us, like carbon tax, like uh, taxation for, for passive income, which, by the way, a lot of people – use save up their money because they have to every 
few years invest in their plants and infrastructure. I was talking to one gentleman that has a hotel. Every five years, he has to completely renovate that. When you tax uh, his passive income, it makes it difficult for him to compete and to upgrade all of his uh, his uh, furniture and carpets and hotels. And so when you have policy over after policy, it's death by a thousand cuts. And then you add a blockade on top of that, and you say, gosh, no wonder so many businesses are just throwing up their hands in desperation and saying, I am out of here because I can't work in this environment. I can't be assured that I can get my product to market. And by the way, a lot of customers uh, or a lot of um, folks in our coalition have penalties. If they don't fulfill their commitment to get their product um, to site for a contract, they have massive penalties. And so, again, if you can't work in this environment. And if the, and if the prime minister is unwilling to at least fulfill his mandate of keeping the rule of law, then what are we doing here? Uh, it's fundamental, a part of his job. If you don't uh, enforce the will of law, you have anarchy. And we're seeing a, a, a small minority wreak anarchy on the rest of the citizens. And that is not fair. Again, with Jocelyn Bamford, president and founder of the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers and Businesses, of Canada, uh, citing that this federal government seems inimical to business. You also say, when you bring up anarchy, uh, that perhaps, uh, well, maybe there's no doubt in your mind, certainly, that these protests are being driven by or orchestrated. Uh, There's almost a template, let's say, uh, that is formulated, and they follow the script when it comes to disrupting businesses and travel and uh, all the rest of it. You, You claim there is a template. So, you know, I was just reflecting upon this the other day. If I was a prime minister that I had in my mandate um, when I was running for election, that I was going to transition away from the resource sector, you know, and and, uh, this would follow a pattern of how to achieve that. You know, one, I I could get uh, people that are supportive of bringing down the pipelines to protest. I could shut down um, the, uh, the economy. That, that would have foreign investors be fearful of investing in this country and invest their money somewhere else. Um, you know, I could get, uh, we heard from the federal government before with the Judy Wilson-Rabel situation, you know, oh, we'll just get, we'll get media that's supportive of us to, to you know, uh, support whatever decision you make. So, you know, best uh, indication of future behavior is past behavior. So, you know, we've seen, uh, some a liberal friendly media float out the idea of, well, you know, we'll just remove the RCMP. And, and what I'm concerned about is that this will, you know, spiral to a place where they say, you know, let's re, re-look at the approvals uh, that have already been granted from our judiciary system um, for this pipeline, and maybe they'll re-look at it. So what I'm concerned about is, you know, is this, is this a spontaneous, uh, protest, or is this a well-orchestrated plan to bring down our resource sector? And we really need to reflect upon what's happening in this country with our resource sector. And we also need to reflect upon that if you bring down the resource sector, you also bring down manufacturing sector, because those two sectors are so interlinked. Uh, a lot of uh, the companies in uh, the manufacturing sector in Ontario supply parts are pieces of the resource sector. So so then you start to see all of that GDP starting to float away, and you're starting to see country, companies move to the United States or move growth 
or go bankrupt or sell out to large multinationals. And none of those things are good for our economy. And, you know, ultimately, we need to make sure that we're preserving jobs because where do, are our children going to work in the future? We need to make sure that we have jobs and high-paying, middle-class jobs, not just service jobs. Well, you know, uh, boy, uh, what you were intimating there is somewhat conspiratorial, and uh, or it might just be deviously brilliant, a strategy by the prime minister to beggar the country and turn it into a U.N. protectorate, which is why he wants a Security Council seat. I'm starting to see the pattern here. You've uh, enlightened me this afternoon, Josh. <laughs> uh, I'm only half you know, joking. There's, all, there's only, you know, you'll have to look back and reflect and see what's, you know, potentially happening. But ultimately, we want our resource sectors to, to grow and develop. We well, that want goes to without sure saying. No, no, I understand. We want to make sure we have high-paying, middle-class jobs. And right well, now, the, the prime minister seems unwilling or unable to address this situation and enforce the rule of law. So, Yep, you know, absolutely. You get no argument on that point from me. I mean, no, the, the political will certainly seems to be lacking. Uh, the ineffectualness or, you know, whatever he is, he's feckless, I guess, in this regard. Uh Almost seems disengaged and not interested. Your points are all interesting and well taken. Uh, Keep us apprised of how this is impacting your businesses because I wanted to uh, just make note of that. For people who may not be feeling the pain, there are certainly others who are. Jocelyn Bamford, president and founder. Absolutely. And it's going to to impact and roll this domino effect. So once people start getting laid off, um, grocery prices are also going to start skyrocketing. It's going to hit you one way or the other. Well, yeah, and, you know, the shortage of propane being felt in certain quarters, including in Quebec, which might get the Prime Minister's attention. Again, Jocelyn Bamford, President, Founder, Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers and Businesses of Canada. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 